0: The spies lay motionless, belly down on a crag of rock overlooking endless miles of desolation. Each was covered by a blanket mottled in gray and brown, so that they were all but invisible from just a few yards away. Only the snouts of their telescopes poked from beneath the blankets, each lens shaded by a piece of leather against the chance of casting a reflection. The rising sun was behind them, but these men took no chances. They had taken this position during the hours of darkness and had remained motionless since first light. Soon the heat beneath the blankets would be terrible, but exposure meant certain death, and the scene before them was worth a day of discomfort. "'This is it in truth,' said one, his voice little more than a whisper, for there was always a chance of a roving sentry passing near. "'It can be no other.' "'I am sure of it,' said the cooler voice." But calm yourself. The time for excitement is when we claim our reward. The sight before them was enthralling only to one who could interpret its significance. In the distance a camp sprawled on the desert floor, close against the raised lip of an ancient crater. Many such craters pocked this vast desolation, but only this one was a center of human activity. Indeed, The desert was nearly void of humanity except for scattered nomads and this one strange operation. From the camp, files of men climbed the crater rim and descended into the depression beyond. Those in the returning files trudged under weighty loads which they deposited somewhere in the camp. Columns of smoke rose from within the crater, but these were not volcanic in origin. Along the rim Mounted sentries paced, the morning sun casting reflections from their lance-points. Even with telescopes, the distance was too great to discern details of dress or equipage. All day long the two men lay motionless, their attention sharpening at each new activity below them. The rise on which they lay was not high enough to see within the crater, but they had a good view of the camp. When the sun passed zenith— they put away the telescopes, lest their position be betrayed by a reflection. The heat grew terrible, but they endured it, sucking occasionally at their water-skins. When darkness fell, they cast off the blankets and lay gasping gratefully in the relative coolness. Moving stiffly, they rose and began to fold their blankets, packing up their telescopes, water-skins, and other sparse gear. Before the darkness was complete— one took a reading from a small compass. He closed the compact instrument's cover and returned it to a pocket in his outer robe. Look, Haffel said the other man. Where before only columns of smoke had been visible, they now saw a ruddy glow and ascending sparks. A smelting operation, said Haffle. There can be no question of it. With his hood thrown back, he was revealed as a lean man with close-cropped black hair and a stubble of beard. The other man was of different race, short and stout, his scalp shaven on the left side. The hair on the right side was gathered into a single plate and dyed blue. Halfle picked up his spear and made to leave the crag, but the other lingered. "'Angust, we've no time to waste. Come along. We have to find our beasts before daylight.' It's hard to believe, isn't it? Ingus said, staring at the glow as if hypnotized. We've found it, after men have failed all these years. Finding it is one thing, Haffle said. Living to report it and collect our reward from the queen is another. So let's be away. Reluctantly, Ingus picked up his own spear and trudged after his companion. Except for the short spears, which doubled as walking staffs. The men carried daggers at their belts, but no other arms. To all appearances they were traveling traders like hundreds of others who roamed the village-dotted farmlands along the borders of the southern kingdoms, following the small rivers and skirting the trackless waste of the desert. Popular legend filled the desert with mysteries and marvels, but these two had found little in their many expeditions except rock, sand, heat, and thirst. Until this day. They had followed hints and rumors, interrogated men who claimed to have seen this marvel, offered bribes, and had even consulted seers and fortune-tellers to find this site. In the end, they had found an injured workman, desperate for money to buy medicine. He claimed that he had worked for a season at the mine and had not been fooled by the circuitous route he and the other workers had trodden. He had managed to shift his blindfold from time to time and spot certain landmarks.